Today's episode of Cinema Gush is brought to you by the season finale trope. There's nothing crazy about this particular trope. It's just the, what the last episode is of the season. There might be a climax of some kind. There might be an ongoing story arc that gets wrapped up. There might even be a cliffhanger at the end. Any of those things tend to work, but usually season finales guarantee a much larger draw in an audience figures, but I don't know about that. So anyway, we've had an excellent first season, and I just thought I would throw this out here to say the season finale trope, it's a very real thing, and we will absolutely see you in the next season. Three, two, one. Oh, Ugh. ladies and gentlemen, thank you for an excellent first season of Cinema Gush. This is Nick. I'm joined by Rose and Finn and all the rest of the crew from The Last Jedi here. <laughs> by the way, my co-host, Brendan. Hey, guys. Hey, yeah, no, I'm glad. That was the best way. I, I legit went on Cameo.com to see if Ryan Johnson was there. I'm just like, maybe I could pay him to, to, to talk about our show. Oh, that would be freaking awesome, was he? Because I'll, I'll pitch in. No, no. He, no he was well, not. He was there's got to be somebody from Last Jedi we get to... Ooh, maybe there is. Um, oh. Wow, I don't even know. I mean, geez, folks, thank you so much for an excellent first season. Over 500 downloads on Podbean, over many listens on Spotify, because we don't know how to, to track that. Because we're <laughs> we just started getting plebs. Oh. We're pleased and noobs yep. and beta male cucks and all those things. Um, so we're, we're, we're stoked. I just want to say thank you to Matt, David, Professor, Lydia, Seth, Joe, John, Chris, Kyle, Bill, Murph, and Brendan. Nick. Thank you, everybody. Me. Thank yeah, you. Thank you guys for making this an awesome season. We're, we're going to take a little break in between uh, this episode, uh, which was going to go out on today is what the... It doesn't matter what day it is, but the 24th when this episode, 25th, when this episode goes out, uh, we're going to take a little break. We're going to gather some guests together and then we're going to do it all over again. So this has been yeah, great. Right? It's been great. Yeah. And we're just kind of taking a little time to reminisce. We've both cracked a beer. You heard those that are, they're very good. And we're just kind of celebrating the the time we've had. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, you know, post St. Daddy, post St. Daddy, good gravy, post St. Patty day pack. So I have a nitro Irish stout from Breckenridge brewery. I will hold it up to the camera, which none of you can ah. see, but maybe we'll do that next season. We'll see. About we'll that. see. And I'm drinking yeah, a Guinness. If you haven't heard of Guinness, it's a, it's a beer and it's very good. <laughs> Doesn't that have <laughs> the fish bladders in it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, fantastic. I mean, I, it's been a tough year. And my condolences to anybody who's lost a loved one or just the suffering of being isolated, but I have to count the blessings too. This podcast, Making It With You Man, has been an absolute delight and a joy. And Heck yeah, dude. Thank you for being there, man. Thank you for being there. To my listeners, our listeners, thank you. But Nick, thank you, because this has been a blast. <laughs> thank you for being a friend. Yeah, dude, it's true. I, I uh... It's funny with writing there, you have to find a way to balance out like consuming media and then like creating your own. And what I love about this podcast is just the opportunity to watch more stuff that like, yeah. you know, it's, I often have to say when somebody asks me, oh, have you seen this? And I said, no, it's like, you haven't seen that movie before? Oh my gosh, how could you have not? It's just like, I didn't make the time for it. Didn't grow up with a lot of permission slips to watch certain <laughs> movies. And now as an adult, like I got free reign to just like go through all of the on-demand stuff yeah. like, before I'd go down to my local Hollywood video or Blockbuster or Video City or Family Video and check out a, a 99-cent VHS for Friday into Saturday or do like a two ninety nine one one if I was feeling fancy or if I made a lot of tips at Sonic. So it's great. We we live in the best time that there has ever been. And that's one of the things I love about this is I've become a major movie theater goer up until, mm-hmm. you know, March of last year. Uh, probably yeah. 20, 20 films in the theater a year minimum. 
And and sure. part of it is I love the the holds you hostage. You can go see a really difficult movie and you have to sit and pay attention to it. And I don't do that as often at home. But the podcast has made me go back and find these old movies that I've never taken the time to watch and really just soak in them. And it's been really, really great. Yeah, man. I, I, I too miss that experience. Just like I was thinking about this is a movie that I don't know if a lot of people have seen, but it's got Joaquin Phoenix in it. Joaquin? And it's called You Were Never Really There. That's that a good movie. movie. I have been waiting to have an experience like that movie brought me. And I think I had it this season, at least with China Syndrome. Like, my goodness. And, and Stranger yeah. Than Fiction, which holds you captive in the last 10 minutes for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's been fantastic. Oh, gosh, in a quiet place, of course. Just like sitting there and just having to deal with what you're seeing and, you know, not pausing it, not running away. Yeah. <laughs> just like embracing it. And I think that's. That's okay. When a movie gives you something difficult, it doesn't have to be Hallmark all the time. Um, it, in fact, I think it's better if it's not when you actually have to have those difficult conversations and learn the hard lessons and watch people go through things that maybe you thought about going sure. through. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I can say I would never have sat down and watched The China Syndrome, which is, I think, clear in the in the video itself because I had my reservations. And you know what? Yeah. I was freaking wrong about that. And I'm oh, so man, glad I, I was given... <laughs> the chance to watch a movie that I otherwise would have overlooked. Um, same thing. Like, For sure. The, the, there's, we should talk about all these a little bit, but Rain Man Gremlins on my to-do list for a decade and a half now never popped in. So glad I had the chance to see him now. I mean, honestly, of all the movies that we did this past season, the only one that I groaned for, honestly, was Moana, just because I saw it one time and I was like, okay, like that's fine for what it is. But then like after talking about it with Bill, I have a whole brand new appreciation for that movie and we're definitely going to get him in next season for sure we got to do coco um, with, with him. a little bit of coco oh yeah gosh, yeah well yeah, let's go through these sure. i just so, want to talk about this you want to start at the beginning just kind of talk about our episodes oh my gosh yeah dude i mean i have had a lot of love from friends who have messaged me about muppet treasure island and just they're like dude the movie is so good like i'm so glad to hear somebody talk about it and <laughs> i I, I love it so much. Um, it's again, I, we're probably going to, I'm going to redo my top 10 list at some point, but as my current top 10 list, it's like my number three favorite movie of all time. That's and awesome. I just loved talking about it. I can't and, wait to know more about your number one movie, which I know what it is, but I don't think you should tell anybody right now. I won't. And that will, somebody commented on our hook podcast that, Ooh, we're itching towards long form. That'll be long form. I promise. I don't know Sweet. how I'll talk through that movie without crying, <laughs> but, um, I just, I just love the Muppets and I miss seeing them. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of push to have, this was in the news maybe about a month ago. That's something that a lot of people want to see a Muppets version of the great Gatsby. Now that it's right. Right. So that, that would be a very curious sight. And I would be there on opening night. I'd probably do the Thursday, 10 PM or midnight showing and then come to work all groggy and crap and have to drink a, a liter of coffee to get through the day. But I would, I want to be there for so it. I'm blanking on the name, but is Kermit the main character or is Kermit Gatsby? Kermit's got to be Gatsby, I would assume. I think he'd have to be. Um, who? There was that new Muppet that they kind of created for the return. Oh, he would be perfect for the main character. Yeah, yeah. for uh, for whatever his name. This is okay. So real quick, my little brother Andrew, hello, watches this, listens to this show, and he screams in his car every time. We have had an episode, and this has been every episode, where we said, oh, did you read the book the movie was based on? And every single person said no. And he would just go, oh, 
like he was just screaming <laughs> in his car because Andrew's a bookworm. He got me into books. So, brother, I apologize. <laughs> like, we're working on it, I swear. For the record, I have seen The Great Gatsby. Read the Great, I've read The Great Gatsby. I've not yes. seen The Great Gatsby, but I have read The Great Gatsby. You haven't? Oh, I have. so I have both. I have read The Great Gatsby, and I have seen The Great Gatsby, and uh, I really oh. enjoyed that flick. Um, the soundtrack introduced me to the XX and a lot of Lana Del Rey that I really like. So a fantastic film, so fantastic I, book. I do I think need it, to read more. I think it's funny that this comes up because neither you nor I are not. It's not like we don't read. We read quite a bit, but just these movies. But we've got The Great Gatsby, so great. Yeah, and I could not find Lilies of the Field anywhere. But um, <laughs> switching gears again, I was going through Xfinity's current top 20 uh, shows on TV, and number one was Snowpiercer. Really? I... Yeah, it's, it was the number one rated show on TV right now. Interesting. And I was like, well, that's a good segue. Having, having never watched the show. Yeah, and, and you know what, Snowpiercer, mm-hmm. we, so we started the season, you know, just me and you doing one. We'll start next season the same way. Um, and I keep thinking I should pick some of my all-time favorite movies, but that's never the case. I, I end up, I, this season, and it'll be the case next season, there are those weird movies that grab your attention and you just decide, I really want to watch that right now. And that's why I did Snowpiercer. I think it's an excellent film. Mm-hmm. It's not in my top ten. Um, but what a movie that's just, it's just... Uh, oozing in personality and I and I, I part of me wanted to do it because I think a lot of people missed it when it came out and if I can yes. get anybody else to watch that movie it'll have been worth it for me I think about that tunnel scene every so often just like when they were about to get into the tunnel and that that feeling that I had that oh no feeling I I loved it and that movie is just great from I don't want to say from top to bottom because it's really from left to from right. From left to right. But that movie's great from left to right, yeah. Well, and, and I said that during the the episode, but I love a movie that you can watch as an action movie and not dig any deeper and have a great time. Or if you want to dig deeper, there's just layer after layer after layer. <laughs> Snowpiercer's like onions. It's like an onion. <laughs> Layers. The other movie Sorry. that immediately comes to mind like that to me is is the most recent Mad Max. You know, it's just, it's, you want to re- watch it on the surface? Great. You want to dig deep? Great. Yes, especially, and folks, if you have not seen us post that fun movie poster on Movie Poster Tuesdays, that Mad Max one is probably one of my favorite posters we've posted. That is a like good poster. A VHS cover. It looks like it belongs beside some crappy plastic that the video rental place would always put on all their VHSs, so you had to squeeze to get the VHS to drop out. So I but love that poster. Now, I have looked to see if you could buy that ever someplace, because I think I've mentioned in the podcast I have an addiction to buying movie posters. I can't find that you can buy that one. I would put that on my wall in a freaking heartbeat. That's right. In a New York minute. In a New York minute. You know minute. what else needs to be on the on the poster is uh is UHF, Mr. Weirdo with his crazy eyes. <laughs> Have not seen that, that since high episode. school. Yeah, and you mentioned that with the teacher that wheeled it in. Yeah, was yeah, no. I one of my coworkers I found out years later that the first time I'd ever watched UHF, he was my substitute teacher and we only learned this story because he listened to our podcast and said, "Were you in my class when I showed that?" <laughs> And I was. Oh, my gosh. I still, on occasion, I have a... Well, I use my YouTube like button, not necessarily for the whole like and subscribe thing. Like, I do it for songs that I really enjoy because I like using my... Oh, my gosh. I like using my thumbs up liked um, uh, YouTube playlist as a playlist for music. So I often do that for um, if I find a really good ambience Mm -hmm. or... 
you know, kill me some ASMR. That's like a Harry Potter library when it's snowing outside. Like, things oh, yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll be like writing or working. I'll go through. And then all of a sudden it's like, let me be your hog. And that just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Murph, thanks again yeah. for being on for that one. And you mentioned and on this one, Moana. I mean, I, that, that, that's one of those movies that, that to me was just a visual feast, but it was so great having a philosopher walk us through the nitty gritty. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's, it's one of our best episodes. I, yeah, go listen to it. Cause no, there, there's no other episode like that one. Yeah. I mean the first 10 minutes we didn't say a word and I would have had like, it no other way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, I talked to Bill afterwards. I said, man, like I go to Barnes and Noble on occasion. I scroll through the philosophy section sometimes just to see what's up. And I mean, dude, like you could easily pop out a philosophy book on Disney. He's like, no, that's never going to happen. I was like, come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how much more exposure we can get before the money gets too good. Um, But that's what you need. You need a good hook. And speaking of hooks, Mr. Peterson, thank you for being on our show, man. Um, When we hit 10,000 downloads, we will do video game gush, and we want you on for the four hour Final Ten, Fantasy. Ten thousand downloads is what we're hitting. So we are. What, <laughs> so we're well, halfway well, it doesn't to have a thousand. Based on Podbean, we could also check Spotify. Okay, as well. okay. But in total, when we hit ten thousand, so then that to me will be like me and him are doing Final Fantasy eight together, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I will, you know, we'll make sure that it, this it'll be an extremely long form, probably with broken up into many parts. But I'll make sure that I beat the game first, and then I take a day off of work to record. Please do. It. Uh, right before the podcast, uh, Nick was talking about how his favorite moment is when, at the same time, we said, "That's my favorite game." So we haven't done games before. I like that. I uh, oh. I just finished up. They added Final Fantasy VIII to Game Pass, so I did my oh. adult playthrough of FF8. Kyle, you don't know. <laughs> that- you don't know. That was that my, my favorite, favorite game, game of as a kid. Time. Oh, yeah! Yeah! Oh, my yes! <laughs> I, I... Yep, and I screamed in the background like I had to walk away. So you can't. Which is, which is what a lot of the editing is, folks, just to give you a behind-the-scenes hat, is like when I yell or scream or laugh too hard, I'm constantly turning crap down. <laughs> you, you guys can't see. Can you see? I've got my Final Fantasy VIII figures behind me. The original oh, action figures thing. from, like, 1999. Yeah. We'll get all the memorabilia out. I got a lot of it. And, and what's great about the memorabilia is that right now, and I think this is, this is according to the people I've talked to, this is really due to COVID, that trading cards are exploding like nothing else right now. And hmm. the before we, before we had talked about the Final Fantasy VIII official cards, because Bandai did a run of the actual Triple Triad game, uh, that's going for quite a bit Best now. Best mini game cards. in any video game ever. Yeah, man. I think in Final Fantasy IX, it's the same thing, but it's a 4x4 grid. It's not the same um, thing. It's similar, but oh no, it's a oh lot no, less sure good. Not. For sure Fun. Um, Nowhere near Triple Triad. Yeah, but Hook was amazing. Um, on that same note of Hook, we just... I. I was working on Sunday, and for some background noise, I just threw on Avatar The Last Airbender, which I need to rewatch anyway. So good. My wife came and sat down and started watching it, and it is 100% for the win. not her thing. Oh, so she didn't like it? No, no, no. I just mean like cartoons in general oh, gotcha, are 100% gotcha, gotcha. not her thing. But she sat down and started asking me all these questions. I'm like, I'll tell you about the Fire Nation. I'll tell you about the Fire Nation. <laughs> like I was just so proud. Um, but we got through the first three, and, and she had a ton of questions about the Avatar and the Avatar state and all that stuff. And, of course, you know, the voice of uh, Rufio is uh, Prince yeah, Zuko. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And it was just a thrill to just kind of start going through those again. And man, like that show, I think we started that. This is going to be bad, but I started pirating that show in college. I'd actually go to the dorm that I knew had cable. And I would sit outside and torrent the first season and then bring it back to our dorm. And then we'd all get to watch it because we only had 56K modem at the time. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's that's fun. Well, Hook. Sorry to the Franciscan IT staff. So so Hook marks the beginning of our um, Dustin Hoffman mm-hmm. trilogy. Yes. Yes, it does. Which continued right does. on into our next episode. Which was Rain Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Chris, for being on that one again. Like, I could definitely see why that is your favorite movie. There were so many good things to it, and seeing Tom Cruise just have a range that I don't know if I don't know if it's fair to say that we're not used to because he definitely has it in Jerry Maguire um, and maybe even Tropic Thunder. I think he was nominated for an Oscar <laughs> yeah. for that one yeah. too. But man, like it was so many heartstrings were pulled and just very well shot. Like it's, it was an excellent film and one that I had watched before and not really thought much about it. But again, seeing it the second time, fantastic. Yeah, it was my first time and I'm so glad I sat down and watched it. It was a great movie. It, was, uh, it will not be the last time. time. Yeah, it was the first time I saw it, it, but it won't be the last time. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Loved every minute of it. For sure. And if you have not still yet seen Dustin Hoffman's thank you speech from the Oscars, it is very, very touching. Um, but was that the first time you saw Gremlins? This was the first time I saw Gremlins. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. John, that was, that gush was fantastic. That, I know that, I know that John wanted to do a Euro trip originally, but that wasn't super family friendly for us. So we were just like, pick something. Not else. like all of ours Gremlins, have been terribly also- family friendly, but you know, we've avoided <laughs> the sex romps. Um, yeah. Oh, exactly. Oh, Gremlins was great. Um, and he came with so much trivia and behind the scenes, and I really enjoyed every minute of that. Yeah, and I know the cartoon, I think, is set to premiere on HBO Max in the fall. I think. Awesome. Don't quote me on that. Awesome. But that, that looks, the sketches that I've seen are really beautiful. We're going to have to talk about HBO Max because they've been really having some uh, some great content there. Some this first time I've come across a streaming service that I thought maybe dethrone Netflix someday. But we'll get back Ooh, to that. Man, we'll get back to that. That's kind of how I feel about Paramount Plus. But yeah, we'll get back to that. Um, Stranger Than Fiction, yeah. Mr. Joe, thank you for being on the show again. I mean... Dustin Hoffman 3. I, uh, yeah, Dustin, <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. Uh, Dustin Hoffman Part 2. Um, I, I genuinely had tears in my eyes at the end when she mm-hmm. couldn't type the Harold Crick is dead. I, oh, that movie was so great. And I was talking to him, too. I have a copy of the script here. And um, in the back of the script, the, uh, the guy who wrote it has all these pages of like his journal entries from when he first... Uh, came up with the idea and what shaping it looked like. And man, what a fantastic film. That's the ultimate. I mean, I don't know if it's the ultimate popcorn flick, but it's like when you think of high concept movies, things like big and mm-hmm. stuff like that, like Stranger Than Fiction is right up there. Yeah. Well, it, when you get that high concept, it's really easy to miss. But mm-hmm. when you hit it and they hit it, it just it, it works like gangbusters and you never forget it. And that's one of those movies that. You could pop in any time and both laugh and feel the emotional pull of the characters all the way through. I yeah, I it's been probably a decade since I had seen it and it was so worth watching again. Absolutely. And, you know, the song uh, I'd go the whole wide world. I heard that on the radio and I was instantly shot right back into the flick when Will Ferrell's playing it on guitar. Fingering on that guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So a little, another little behind the scenes thing is we shot or we recorded that episode and then immediately 
took a five-minute break, brought Seth in and recorded The Incredibles. I happened to be in Arizona at the time. Both Joe and Seth lived there. And so we recorded both of those episodes, you know, within five minutes of each other. Which just kind of... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if, if you if you listen to it, you can tell because we actually kind of hold back what are you consuming media wise, so that we have That's something right. to talk about in the next episode, which was yeah. the Incredibles. The Incredibles. Thank you, Seth. That was a great discussion. Even though I think you're at least a little wrong about the Incredibles too, I still think it's a pretty good movie. But and I'm so glad the, you brought that up because that was the one fan letter that I got that was like. Four paragraphs long, and it was, I, I wouldn't call it hate mail, because this person is a, a friend of Seth's and a friend of mine, and uh, he was like, I just, I had to, dude, I had to write to you today, like, I have to let you know, like, Seth has incredibly honored with the Incredibles too. like, I don't know what he was expecting, and just this whole laundry list of things about the <laughs> yes. Incredibles 2. So, so, do they want to be on the uh, next season talking about the Incredibles 2? Nope. <laughs> oh, well, damn. Just wanted to complain. Um, but it, it was it was actually a very strongly worded uh, conversation, I should say, and uh, lots of great feedback. And I was like, cool, I'll pass that along. And I have yet to pass it along, but I will pass that along. Well, I, if, if Seth listens to this, you just did. So there I you guess go. that's true. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. Um, Gauntlet thrown by somebody whom I don't know. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. I, I think if. If I was to guess, this is the episode that probably most of our listeners have seen the movie. Most likely to have seen the movie, at least yes. at this point. Because who hasn't seen The Incredibles? Because it is one of the masterpieces of the art form. I mean, animation does not get better than that movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was that was a great gush. And I even just rewatching it, I was like, man, I, I can see why Seth loves it. I can see why so many people love this. And... I remember just all of the demands for Incredibles 2 to come certainly a lot faster. And uh, Brad Bird was like, oh, you know, I, I'll write it when I feel like writing it kind of a thing or when I have a story to tell, I think he said. Um, but I yeah, mean, just great film. The first Incredibles is easily Brad Bird's second best movie. Um, easily, easily. Um, but but mm. far from his best movie, Seth, far from his best movie. Yeah, extra thick. Which brings us to Lilies of the Field with Lydia. Lydia, well, thank you for being on this episode. <laughs> Did I jump too far ahead? You can go back. No, I just I was just trying to irritate Seth if you listen to it because, no, I, I yeah. We all know The I Iron Giant is the best animated movie ever made. But moving on. Lilies Whoa. of the Field. Love it. A, a book that we couldn't find. Again, Lydia, thank you for being on the episode. That was an absolute blast. And Sidney Poitier, again, still with us. What an amazing actor. What a great flick. Um, it just makes you feel good. This, this movie, I, I think of all the movies we watched, is the least likely I ever would have sat down and watched it. I mean, The China Syndrome, I could have potentially popped in and watched out of just curiosity, but I had never even occurred to me to watch Lilies of the Field, and I would have missed out had we not done this podcast and sat down and watched this movie. Because it is... Yeah. It's such a delightful movie. It's... It, it's wonderful. It's it's a movie... That you don't make movies like this anymore, and frankly, even then, you don't make movies like this. Yeah, and it sparks such a great conversation, too, about black and white, and that, that feeling that just like, oh, here comes a black and white movie, better move on, or like Turner Classic movies, well, here we go, just moving right along, and, and again, uh, this movie just was charming and wonderful, and amen, da, da, amen, <laughs> wonderful German nuns, it's wonderful, uh, and then that takes us right into China Syndrome, which again... Probably not a people, not a lot of our listeners would have seen. Yeah. Um, I definitely would have skipped over this one just because 
the poster that they have on Xfinity is not like one that inspires you to want to watch it. But I mean, Professor, you, thank you for being on this episode. You completely knocked it out of the park. You have given us a lot to think about as far as the movies that you recommended. It yeah. Was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I mean, 14. 15 our movies sh- and two TV shows. Our oh show our show notes for this episode is pretty much a to-do list in the best possible way because I need to see all of these movies at some point. Um, yeah, some of them obscure, some third. of them... Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going to watch some, and you and I should we'll watch some and talk about them because I would love to have, have that conversation. Um, Absolutely. You name what we're going to do and we'll do it. Start. <laughs> but I, I think um, of all the movies, this is the second movie in a row that neither of us had seen until this this podcast. And mm-hmm. I know from the comments from a couple places and just people telling me that we've convinced a nice chunk of people to sit down and watch The China Syndrome. Yeah, we got a couple comments. Uh, and I don't know if you got direct messages or, or not, but just a couple of people who were like, Okay, there's no way I would have ever seen this movie, but oh my gosh, am I glad he recommended it. Yeah, which is um, how I felt about it too. Yes, exactly. It's. I think everybody kind of has, I don't want to say everybody has their genre because we all like comedies and we all enjoy good twists and thrillers and sometimes you just need to put in a good Bruce Willis action flick every once in a while, but... Um, Anything made before 19, or 2005 because he's really given up. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the trailer for... Cosmic Sin. Oh, I don't know. Maybe? Watch the trip. It's, it's, it's Bruce Willis's most recent sci-fi directed video, and man, he's given up. He's just, he's <laughs> not. I don't even think he was awake during the filming. Well, we talked about Nick Cage before the episode started with his kind of Five Nights at Freddy's knockout, knockoff, not knockout. It was not a knockout. It was like a pithy feather to the face. Um, <laughs> you know, I think he just got married for the fifth time. That and sounds right. I think he kind of had Wesley Snipes tax issues, so I'd know why he's taking all of these movies. But he, you know, Face Off is good. And I like I, to watch movies ironically. I like watching bad <laughs> movies ironically. The only thing I like more than a really good movie is a really, really bad movie. Have you ever tried to watch Nick Cage's Left Behind? I couldn't do it. I tried. No. It's I not think even. My church purchased all the movies, too. Well, no. So there's the old ones from the. With Kirk Cameron. Yeah, right? Kirk Cameron. But I'm talking about the Nick Cage one from about five years ago. I couldn't oh do my it. Gosh, no. Because he's in Left Behind, man. And they film it as a disaster movie. I think it's on Netflix. I tried. I tried. I love bad movies. I tried. I could not do it. Man. Yeah. I'm trying to think when I come out to visit if we should watch Birdemic or The Room. I don't know. Uh, I I own both of them. Oh, okay. So you've seen them both. Excellent. I own Um, both of them. (laughs) Did you see Birdemic 2? I have not, because once you're in, once the director's in on the joke, it's not as much fun. Yes, yes, that is a hundred percent true. Um, yeah, I think I'm not channel and figured that out right after Avatar, yeah. uh, which was, I believe, David. Thank you for being on for with a quiet place. You really hated the happening, and uh, thank you again for bringing that up. Just because I think that was the, <laughs> the episode where we just were like, you had to say something nice. You said the shot of the field was nice. But man, oh man, oh man, like we kind of started railing on it, which is easy to do because I I think everybody and their mom quotes, no, ma'am, we're not. I hear you whispering, planning on stealing something. No, ma'am, we're not. Plan on murdering me in my sleep. What? 
No. Do you like hot Mr. dogs? Mr. Wahlberg there. <laughs> <laughs> if I gave you a penny and then two pennies, you'll have four pennies and then eight pennies, like that whole speech before they all kill each other in the Jeep. Uh, I remember too much of that movie. I remember way too much of that I don't remember movie. enough. That's what we should watch. Let's watch The <laughs> Happening when you come visit. Oh, The Happening. As long as we can have riff tracks going or something. Amen. Uh, Amen. Amen to that. So, David, yeah, thanks again for being on with A Quiet Place. Again, I... I don't watch, I, and I, you know, I said I don't watch horrors or thrillers, but like, this isn't the type of horror I don't watch. I don't watch slasher flicks. I don't watch torture. Like, I don't watch Hostel. I don't watch. Yeah, any, yeah. I've never seen a single Friday the Thirteenth or Halloween. Um, but I've, I've wanted to. I've been meaning Jason. to get my eighty slasher film. I feel like has a hole in my life that I need to fill. That's you, you never feel that way. Uh, well, okay. So every time they bring up the Johnny, the Johnny, Johnny, the Depp, Johnny Depp, and Friday the Thirteenth, I think maybe I do need to see this because I've heard that that movie still stands up. I've heard Halloween One still stands up. Um, well, just, that's just it. I don't want to do the whole series. Just just dabble yeah, yeah. in the greats. It is. I think. I think we'll have to do that in October for sure. Just because, okay. like, sci-fi tends. I remember growing up, Sci-Fi Channel used to do very serious, like give you for sure nightmare horror movies all throughout October. And like, I think it was pumpkin head. That one had really terrifying effects that scared me as a child, just from flipping through the channels. Um, and there were some other ones that like, I don't know. I can't think of them at the moment, but Oh, children of the corn. Like those were very scary <laughs> to me when I would flip through the channels. So, um, sci-fi channels, another was, great example. Once they get got in on the joke, those B movies weren't watchable. But no, I get what yeah. you're saying. The, the torture porn, most modern slashers, aside from maybe Cabin in the Woods or Evil Dead, I would avoid. But the older I get, the more I like really well-reviewed indie horror movies. I mean, maybe not even oh. indie, but Midsummer is just my jam. And uh, Do you watch Chris Stuckman at all? Who is he? What's he done? He he does a uh, he does movie reviews on YouTube. Oh, um, you recommended him. Like I think years. I watched. He's the, okay. Are you talking about the episode he did recently about uh, what was that movie? Something That's what man. I'm checking right now because um, I did watch that. Yeah. I actually stopped watching it so I could add the to my queue. The Empty Man. Oh, yes, yes. I saw that episode. That was the first episode of his I watched. Oh, very good. Okay, yeah. So that's like I again would not watch horror, but like that one genuinely seems interesting to me. Uh, especially oh, the behind the scenes stuff. That seems very interesting to me. The whole studio, not trusting the creative thing. Um, I love those stories. Yeah. Especially when, cause it's like, there are several movies where it's like the studio should have trusted the creator, but then there are times like fan four stick where it's like, Oh no, the studios were right to fire the director kind of a thing. Sure. Um, but no, but like a 24, their stuff, like it comes at night, the witch midsummer, the lighthouse. I mean, that's that, the lighthouse. I did see the lighthouse. I oh, recommend nice. it to no one. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's special four by three. And there's another movie that was in four by three that we'll talk about. In we'll talk about second. later. Yeah. Um, but speaking of children of the corn, that reminded me of that joke from Lilies of the Field, where when I told Monica what I was watching, she's like, I don't want to watch that scary kid movie. The right, so right, what? right, right. <laughs> I knew children of the, the corn came children up in the podcast. The That's right. It had to. Uh, yes. So again, David, thanks for being on for a quiet place. And then last but not least, Matt, I mean, thanks again for being on the show, dude. Like that screenshot 
of Hitler looking like Bugs Bunny as they leapt over the log <laughs> and Jojo held the grenade. Like, that is just sealed into my memory as happy times. And it caused me to go down quite the Taika Waititi rabbit hole. Um, I have not finished Search for the Wilder People yet, but um, so I'm really good. enjoying what so I've good. seen. I love Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I think he's a very talented writer and director. Now, have you and, done uh, what we uh, what we do in the shadows? What we've seen? Hmm. No, not yet. Okay. What we do in the shadows? Yeah. What we do in the shadows? I think, right? I'm saying I should know this because it's one of the best comedies of the last decade. Um, but the movie and the TV show are absolute gold. Wonderful. Absolute gold. Um, recommend both of them with no caveats whatsoever. Just delicious. Yes. I will definitely investigate. And uh, that was it. That was our that was our first season, all of our guests and all the movies that we went through. So thanks again. Uh, you may now happily binge them all if you haven't heard them yet. Although that'd be oh, weird yeah. if you heard Ooh. this one first. But, you know, whatever. You, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. It's 2021, baby. Let's <laughs> open it up. <laughs> yes. Yes. Amen. Yeah, no, it's been a great season. I can't wait for whatever new movies we're going to do next season because, yeah. Still a little bit of uh, chatter, chatter around the horn about movie stuff. Uh, Brendan, we know that you just saw Justice League. Please, I did talk about Justice League. So let me talk about some the media I've been consuming lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have very strong opinions about Zack Snyder. <laughs> I really like about two thirds of Man of Steel. I really like two thirds of Man of Steel. Everything on Krypton's great. When they start doing his backstory, it gets really boring and convoluted and doesn't make any sense with a lot of scenes. And then it gets to to the action stuff. And I think it's a great action movie. I, I get people's reservations, but I think it's a great action movie at that point. And I and I enjoy Henry Cavill. I think he's, I genuinely think he's the best cast live action Superman, even though Sweet. I don't think he's had the time to shine. Um, Batman versus Superman. So a couple weeks ago, I sat down and I watched Batman versus Superman for the second time. I saw it in mm. theaters. <laughs> I saw it in theaters and I really liked it to start and then things changed. And so I sat down this time and I watched the director's cut and it's funny because I started this and I'm like, what did I dislike about this movie? And then it got to the point and it changed at the exact same moment. And I had forgotten the point where I'd started disliking the movie, but it happened the exact same time watching it the second time that movie so much of that movie works. So much of that movie works really well. I mm-hmm. like this. The cinematography is gorgeous throughout. The series tone is taken. It, it's not over the top. I, I think he gets a bad rap for his grim dark, but it actually fits the characters. There's big ideas. There's big thoughts. And then Ben Affleck has a dream. And when he wakes up from his dream, none of the character motivations for the rest of the movie make any damn sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like the the characters are just doing stuff. And and I like all the stuff happening around, particularly Batman. I like all the stuff happening around them. But man, to say that you don't get Batman if you make Murder Bat is one thing. But let's just assume he is Murder Bat. Get over that. His character motivations don't make a damn sense. D- d- just, he's just doing stuff. He's just doing stuff for the rest of the movie. Before I get to the Justice League, I just need to explain to you how much I disliked this movie because I wanted to give you context. <laughs> His logic to murder Superman is the dumbest character motivation I've ever seen. Like, 
if there's a 1% chance that he could kill us all, then we have to take it as an absolute certainty, despite the fact that the other 70 aliens we've met tried to kill us all and he was the only one to stop him. So if there's even a 1% chance that any other aliens want to kill us all, we have to take it an absolute certainty and keep Superman alive at all costs. Okay, I'm sorry. No, it's, it's all good. You know what? Honestly, when I was 12 years old and I read The Death of Superman, I, I remember being like deeply impacted by that book. Um, it's a great read. Yeah, gosh, one of the one of the greatest comics. I mean, they literally just beat each other to exhaustion and death. Yeah, like just oh my gosh, like as a little kid, it was crazy. And then to see him die in BVS, it was like I'm like that's that looks nothing like what happened. Like I need more shredding. There was there was 60 years of Superman comics before they killed him. And there was one Superman movie, and then they killed him. You you don't have the connection to it. Yeah, a lot of misfire in that movie. Yeah, wait, it's just so much of it works, but what doesn't work doesn't work hard. Derails mm-hmm. the whole movie. I think you could write a book about character motivations just from that movie. But so Justice League comes out in theaters, and I watch it, and I think I've said in the podcast it is an aggressively fine movie. By fine, I don't mean as in fine as in high quality. I mean fine as it. It's fine. I mean, it's fine. It, it happens. You watch it. You never think about it again. Yeah, like having lunch at Olive Garden. Go on. Right, right, right. Okay, so so that's the context with Snyder. So this weekend, I sat down and watched four hours of the Snyder cut of Justice League. And my thoughts are... It's really good. Oh, <laughs> like, wonderful. I, I really liked it. <laughs> I really, really liked it. And I, uh, I don't know what to say. I feel very <laughs> weird about the whole thing. I feel very weird about the whole thing. Because oh, man, you got four hours and the characters made sense and you love their motivation. There's some cheesy lines here and there. But overall, like it's the same plot as the Whedon cuts. And dramatically better. <laughs> I, it's worth, like, the editing, you could have the exact same scene in both movies, and the editing in the Snyder Cut elevates the scene to something better. So much of the, the theatrical Whedon Cut, I blamed the things I disliked on Snyder. I am shocked to say that almost all of them are Whedon's fault. Oh, and he's been enjoying that for years. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Whedon's having a rough time now, but... But I found the movie moving on multiple occasions. I found it entertaining as hell the entire way through it. Um, I thought the last two scenes were the most recent film scenes. Spoilers, the the apocalyptic scene and uh, the Martian Manhunter scene. They feel tacked on. They're the worst part of the movie. They also are the worst written part of the movie. But it doesn't matter because the movie's ended by that point, really. And like right out of the gate. Have you seen the Justice League, the original? Uh, the movie? Yeah, the one yeah, that yeah. came out. The Whedon, you saw the Whedon cut. Oh, yes. Yeah. The villain, just kind of there, right? Just doing stuff. Their take on Thanos, I guess. Maybe. But Maybe, the thing uh... is, is within the first 30 seconds of him showing up in this movie, they give him weight and stakes and they make him scary. <laughs> oh. Legitimately one of my favorite superhero villains ever. Whoa, man. That's better. Look, look, the Marvel movies are way better in general than your average DC movie. But but their villains sometimes can be lacking. This is movie is better than most Marvel villains. It's not Thanos. Thanos is great, but but it's better than most. So 
No, I have very strong opinions about it. I'm questioning a lot of my beliefs right now. Um, but I think you should watch it because I thought it was pretty darn good. So. so so, essentially, you're saying what Moss said in season two episode one of the IT crowd, where I think it's fabulous. Every belief I've ever held is being questioned. And, and I'm, I'm loving, loving it. it. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Um, I, since finishing it, I've not been up for watching four hours straight again, but I have been wanting to rewatch the last hour really bad. Like, I'm in the next couple of days, I'm probably rewatch the last hour because I thought it was so great. That last fight scene, which I was bored and sleepy through in theaters was one of the best superhero action scenes I've seen in forever. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad you brought up the, the running time because, I, you know, I haven't seen it yet. I, I want to do what you did. I want to see the others first and then kind of go into it. Mm-hmm. Having refreshed myself, <laughs> having bathed once again in the Justice League Alfredo sauce. Oh. Um, do you, so do you see this place now for the long form? You know, shout outs to DJ Shea. Our old professor, Dr. Schaefer at Franciscan, mm-hmm. um, who loved Bollywood. And there, like, he got me to really love some Bollywood films. I'll have to talk about Black one of these days. Oh, yeah. Um, but the idea of an intermission always feels odd to me. But what do you think now with well, this? So I've always, I think a movie should be as long as it needs to be. I, I think it's important to kill your darlings. So I, I don't think you mm-hmm. should just make it as it's dangerous to say you can keep everything in there. And sure. I thought there was a major danger in this movie being bloated and unnecessary, but I didn't <laughs> feel that when watching it. Um, all, all the, there's like, there's a scene early on where people are singing to Aquaman and I'm thinking, yeah, that would have been cut in any version of this and it should have been cut in this version. But so many of the scenes that they add are character development and i and we'll talk about this on my next movie when we do my the podcast my favorite movies are movies that are quiet I take the moments to have silence and to let things just linger and soak and i'm surprised to say that snyder's cut of the justice league has moments that are quiet and let the characters soak and wow. it's better for it wow man now, okay, now I've got to see. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not high art. I don't, don't expect anything than what it is. It is what it is, but it's a better movie for letting its characters breathe. Um, yeah, I think it was good. It, 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 yeah. It's not high art, but it is, I think it is art of some kind and it is very entertaining. Well, do you feel that way about most comic book movies? Yeah, for the most part. There's, there's exceptions, but for the most part, yeah. You know, on that same note about Marvel, uh, WandaVision is now wrapped. And real quick, just if you folks don't mind, I know some of you just started it, but spoilers for WandaVision, get, like, give me one minute, just spoilers for the whole season. Uh, I was very underwhelmed in the last episode. Um, I think they turned yeah. what was something like I, I thought it was so dang cool. Um, the various jumps into things and like the, the insane amount of character development that occurred. Um, the episode where Wanda is essentially looking through her past. Like, I think that's my favorite episode. Um, that was a good episode, but, but by the end of it, I was like, Oh, here we are. It's a Marvel movie again with the, you mean the fight of visions conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I the, get I, that. I understand the fights have to happen, but the quiet moments of that episode, I thought were so good when they, you have the, when you really dealt with the loss, I did like those parts. I get what you're saying. It got a yeah. bit spectacly at the end. No, I just I enjoyed the character moments enough that it, it didn't bother me. 
Yeah, it it kind of reminded me of Captain America three in a way. Um, because when you have the scene where Tony sees what the Winter Soldier did, mm-hmm. like that had more weight than almost anything Marvel had done up until that point. I was getting there mm-hmm. with WandaVision, but by the end I was like, it just it didn't It didn't stick the landing know, for like, you. It didn't stick the landing, but the the season was so great. The last episode had its good moments. But then I was just like, man. And then we—I know we talked about this a bit last week. And I—the I, only Marvel movie I've never seen is, you know, Miss Marvel. Is that right? No, Miss Marvel is going to be a TV series coming out. Captain Marvel. Miss Marvel is a different character. Am I thinking? Oh, you know, what? I was thinking Captain of the Marvelous Miss Marvel or whatever on Amazon. But but, <laughs> but Captain, Captain Marvel is the only one I hadn't yeah, seen. Yeah. So all of those times that that has come up, and then it's come up in Spider Man as well. I like I have no reference for it, so I, I guess. I had to see it at some point. Yeah, I, think. I don't think I you think. do. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. It's not a popular but, opinion, but it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Um, not ev- not everything is for everybody. But we did just start. Um, we did just start Captain uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Thank you. Why am I trying to say yeah. Captain Winter Soldier? Yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, so far, nothing's happened, and that's totally okay. But, like, but I just... guess that's what I love so much about these Marvel TV shows, is there a chance to let characters soak in a crazy world, right? Mm-hmm. I, I loved the first episode. Nothing happened. There's an action scene at the beginning. It was my least favorite part of the whole episode. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, tr- I try to treat the Marvel shows as if, and by the way, the WandaVision spoiler stop here. I try to treat the, um, Marvel movies as if they were issues. Like when I would browse the comic box, you know, at atomic comics and Chandler, which got closed down, which made me very sad. I I treat it like that. I'll, you know, I'll go through a whole bunch of issues and some of them are just like, just character moments. One of the best issues of ultimate Spider-Man is called the talk. Mm -hmm. And it's him talking to Ant-Man about him being Spider-Man. And it's one of the best comics I've ever read. You know, so I love those quiet conversation ones or yeah. the character development ones. Those are so great. They and, make uh, the action more impactful. Well, I mean, my favorite graphic novel of all time is Mr. Miracle by Tom mm-hmm. King. And half of the plot of the, some of the some of the issues of the plot resolves around a veggie tray. And the fact what? <laughs> like who's going to get the veggie tray? And so it's it's like you take gods, unkillable, immortal all-knowing gods, give them some family drama and veggie trays. And that's, to me, that's where the soul of comics comes in. And that's what I want to see in my Marvel and DC movies. And I think I've been getting it recently and it's been pretty darn great. I love it. I I get that from, uh, well, I don't really get this from, but I really, really, really like the Harley Quinn TV series, the cartoon. I haven't seen Um, any of it. Oh, man. It is... uh, it is extremely R-rated. Okay. It is extremely funny, and I laugh my butt off every time okay. I watch it. Um, That's sold. So I will, yeah. I that that to me. Well, so I only bring that up to say that when you mentioned Justice League, the Schneider cut being as good as it is, I th- and I, I was sitting here thinking like the only good thing DC has really done for me is the Harley Quinn series, but um, there's more to go through. Not a Wonder Woman fan. I really liked the first Wonder Woman. I really did. I um, really love that movie. I thought it was quite excellent. I love that electric guitar and the soundtrack. I think. Uh, oh, I think the first yeah, Wonder Woman was great. Spectacular. Yeah, I still have to see the second one. It's not as or good. A lot of people I hate know. it. I had a great time. <laughs> if you know what you're getting into, you'll have fun. 
There it, we go. it doesn't. It it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. See, the, see. Okay, so the, and that's that's interesting. I found that movie enjoyable despite the plot not making any sense. The characters all made sense, whereas Batman versus Superman, the plot kind of makes sense, but the characters don't make <laughs> sense, and I hated it. Characters are oh, more no. important. <laughs> they really I, are. Yeah. So. Yeah. So oh that's I think that's good enough for what I'm consuming. What? How about you, Matt? Man, so um, just after what we talked about a couple episodes ago, I I, I, draw, I dove in, I dove into Redwall. It was uh, at the library, and so I've been enjoying that thoroughly. The audiobook is kind of like listening to a play. Like every actor, or I'm sorry, every character has a different actor or actress to go with it. And uh, so far, it's a lot of fun. I'm in really enjoying Redwall. Um, it was a book that I think I tried to pick up when I was in middle school, but. Those books were really thick back then, so I was like, <laughs> no, no time for this. And the text was super, super small. <laughs> um, so I'm enjoying Redwall at the moment. I've kind of just been watching a lot of different pilots to different shows. Um, I watched the pilot of The Good Place. I watched the pilot of Captain Winter Soldier. Or I watched uh, the pilot of Avatar The Last Airbender. And then I dove into Parks and Rec. Um, which you've never seen before, right? Which I've never seen before. And people hate hearing this, but I don't like The Office. And so I didn't watch Parks and Rec because I'm like, I don't want to watch another office. And then it turned out that it's really not like Leslie Nopes has her Michael Scott moments, but she's really not. She's really not as awkward. Is it like the cringe humor ac- that turned you off? Yeah, the I office? hate gotcha. cringe humor, man. I just, it's the same format. The show is the same format, but the characters are very different. I think it's just whenever a character does something like, so there's a moment in early on in the parks and rec where Leslie Nopes uh, interrupts this dinner where it's like, there was this, I think it was a beauty queen who marries like an 88 year old guy and she just like mm-hmm. takes the microphone away. And I'm just like, I'm like, there's, this is nothing to me. I, I hate these mm-hmm. moments where mm-hmm. where like, it's clearly overwritten. It's clearly like, Oh, the scenario is what's funny. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Can't stand it. But that, those <laughs> moments are very few and far between. I think Aziz Ansari is funny as hell. I think Chris Pratt is funny as hell. And then, um, I can't think of the actor's name who plays uh, Ben's boss, Chris, Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe, yeah, yeah. Easily my favorite character in the series. Like, I want to be more like him. I genuinely want to be more like him. Just See, it's funny. Brackets. I didn't connect with this character that much. I think it's just the joy. I, I That joy is so infectious. I want to be more joyous. I want to be happier like that. Yeah, I get um, that. So, and then Chris Pratt, you know, earnestly stupid. See, it's funny. it's funny. I want to be more like him. From. I think life would be easier <laughs> for all just a little bit stupider and happier about it. Hey, and man, I say only, that well, in a joking way, but I think I kind of mean it. Yeah, I mean, only a child can really enter the kingdom of God anyway, so you have to be <laughs> more. <laughs> uh, so I've been consuming that stuff. Um, I turned in a draft today for a script that I'm ex- extremely excited about. Um, and so for that, I drank a really good beer. So I consumed Parabola, which is a Firestone Walker exclusive, and it is probably my favorite beer of all time. Um so that's how I celebrated. That is what I consumed. Nice. Um, Super you excited for you I, for that. Thank you. I, I will see what happens. I, I really am wanting to consume some Oscar noms. Um, yeah. I watched the trailers to all of them. You know, I, I was talking to somebody about this last week, which was uh, when somebody, it was my th- uh, physical therapist. He said, oh, yeah, we did this last year. And I thought about it all week and I realized he didn't mean last year. He meant two years ago. He meant Which 2019. We all mean. So yeah, went, yeah. Yeah, when someone says, Oh, I did this last year, they always mean 2019. They never mean 2020. Um, and I bring that up just to say, so like, weird. I missed every single solitary one of the, the nominated best pictures. Um, 
The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Norm, uh, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial for Chicago 7. I missed all of those. Um, I've now seen the trailer for all of them, but... This is the least I've seen in the last decade. I only saw Promising Young Woman. I didn't yeah, like it. So, oh, good! <laughs> um, I was very sad that Borat, Borat got as many noms as it did. Like, I, I, I think that's, that's an extremely low bar for comedy, in my opinion, but... I, it, I, I like you know Borat what, more than Promising Young Woman. Here's what so. I care about, man. Wolf Walkers. Wolf Walkers got nominated for Best Animated Feature. One. I mean, I, but I love that studio so much. Well, tell me more. I'm trying to think. I don't know which one we're talking about. Wolf Walkers, it was only on Apple TV. It's uh, the it's the uh, the studio in Dublin. Oh, uh, Toon Saloon? Um, Book of Kells Studio? Yes. Song of the Sea? Yes. Man, it's hard to beat them when it comes to animation. No, I know. So I'm really I've excited to see it. that one. I just—it's one of those that, like, I don't know. I, I completely believe the Oscars are rigged. I, I really think that people are—I think they're all a lot of these people who are Academy members are all in their 80s, and they're like, the Disney one will win, and so Disney like never <laughs> loses <laughs> Best Animated Feature. Uh, so I'm betting Soul will win, um, but I do want to see uh, Wolfwalkers pretty darn badly. Um, yeah, I'd like to see that. Of the movies that of are the best for, pictures, yeah. I don't know pictures, half of them. The Father, I think Make I is see the really only bad. one I kind of want to see. The Father is the uh, Anthony Hopkins one where he has Alzheimer's and like the actress who plays his daughter switches throughout the movie based upon like it's all from his POV, the Alzheimer's. So to me, that one looks like like really good filmmaking. I really okay. want to see Sound of Metal being a drummer. Um, and I was interested in Promising a Woman, but uh, we'll have to talk about that more. <laughs> I don't know. Well, mind seeing Judas and the Black Messiah. I don't know anything about Minari. Minari looked good from the little bit I saw of it. Nomadland. Nomadland. I simply know the poster. Yeah. Trial of Chicago yeah. 7 I had heard good things about, but don't know enough to make a decision. And I think, yeah, I think Mank is the only one I actively kind of want to watch. So Yeah, Mank, which I believe, I believe, was written by David Fincher's father. I don't know. I know he directs it, but... So, I think that's how it went. Nick, edit this yeah, part out. Uh, Mank, script, shadow. Nick, don't edit this part out. Fine, I'll leave it in. No! <laughs> Though this one comes from uh, David Fincher's father, Jack Fincher, who was obsessed with Herman Mankiewicz, the writer of Citizen Kane. All right, all right. All right maybe I won't edit this part out. You won't. But anyway, um, I, I'm interested in Mank. I'm interested in Minari just because Glenn was the only reason I stuck around with Walking Dead, and when he died, I gave up. Um, Nomadland kind of gives me... Wow, you made it a long ways into Walking Dead, man. <laughs> so, so I... By that, I mean, I definitely gave up halfway through season four, but I was interested in like I work on the commercial. So it's it's interesting to see like what kind of happens based off the, the 25 second spots that we get. Um, the Walking Dead. I have thoughts. I have lots of thoughts, but we're a positive show. And we're, we're interested in seeing these movies. You know, we, we, we want to we see and support good high art. Um, yeah. Ignore why, everything I just said. You know, <laughs> I, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, like I, I, I saw that um, I had this issue of Movie Maker magazine. It's got Walking Phoenix on the cover, and that instantly made me think of You Were Never Really There, which I think is really high art and extremely well done and a fantastic movie. I think got nominated for nothing. I think. Yep. Yep. So I want to support. And I, good I agree with you on that. So. Yeah. Well, so what, what, it. Why did you think of that movie right now? Why did I think of the Walking one? 
Yeah, is that related to any of these? Just that I remember it not getting nominated, and that was kind of my mm. everything's rigged year, 2018, where I was just like, ah, it's, it's all rigged. Forget it. Forget Interestingly, it. Interestingly, I think, um, let's see. I ha- I've had this event happen myself. Let me make sure I'm telling you the right one. Um, Academy Awards 2013. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's the one. Let's see. Let's Are see. we about what to talk about, the... about Slumdog or... Nick, cut this out when you're editing. I don't want to. No, actually, take it back. Keep it in. I, I, um, I was going to. No, take it. No, no. Uh, hold on. Hold on. No, I, I, w- <laughs> I want to do this. Hold on. What is, what is the movie I'm thinking of? Um... What was he nominated for? Tom Hanks, Captain 9-11. Oh, no. Tom Hanks is in a 9-11 movie? Do you mean Nicholas Cage? So it wasn't 2013. Okay, 2011. 2011, when I realized that the, the Academy Awards was full of crock, is the year that Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close was nominated for Best Picture and Drive Got Nothing. Oh, that's right. I saw every Best Picture nominee that year. Extremely loud and incredibly close is one of the most insufferable movies I've ever watched. (laughs) It's sad porn. It's the exact thing I was talking about last week on Jojo Rabbit, where it's like you just have sad shit happening to your characters and you think it makes you you dramatic or important. And it's not enough. You can't just have sad stuff happening. But Drive? Nobody thought Drive is as good as Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. What the hell? Sorry. Okay. No, but what the hell? That's you know what? Watch, I, watch I Drive and Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close back to back, and you can get pissed off about the 2011 Academy Awards too. You know what? I wish I remember more than more about Drive than the elevator head skull exploding, crashing boot smash scene. I wish I remember that more about Drive, but that's all I remember. Brendan is one of the best character moments in that's the any movie ever. What pre Negan? The way that's he the looks at her and he realizes I am going to lose you forever because I have to save your life. The <sighs> shot for shot, that scene is perfection. And then extremely loud, incredibly close. Some Do you sad wear that jacket happens. around, Helena? No, I'm not that guy. Oh, uh, but you but would, I think though. I could be. <laughs> Walking into the bookstore or the place with the, the bread loaf and the soup can that I love so much. I can see you walking in with that scorpion jacket on. Oh, my gosh. So, oh. so I, I think we saved it by me gushing about Drive, right? That, that covers up some of my negativity there. Is that what you're going to guess? No, don't, don't tell that, me. That's what we're going to go with. No, okay. no. that's what, We'll go with that. Drive is an excellent movie. I could gush about it. I think I just did. I think you did a little bit. What's the you director's name? Do you remember? No, shut up. Go Nicholas away. Windig Refn. And he spells it the same yes. way I do. And yes. it makes me so happy. And that By the way, so your, your, uh, your post today on Facebook asking if anybody was going to get your, uh, your reference to Colin Trevorrow made me happy. <sighs> okay. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I even wrote down that I forgot to talk about Palm Springs. Palm Springs was a movie I genuinely yeah. didn't think I would like. I don't, and I don't know why. I think just because, like this, uh, I, and this is just me. Like I think if people write, I think if people who overwrite sex scenes or sex stuff, I just think they don't have the talent to to not do that. But like, um, Palm Springs was great. That movie was utterly fantastic. It was really good. Um, I loved a lot Another of that, high concept movie, movie. Yeah, exactly. And 
for those of you, <laughs> for those of you who are curious, uh, what Brennan is referring to on Facebook, um, it was me essentially saying that I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I'll just read you the post as soon as it loads. Ann Perkins. No, people don't want to hear that. Um, while my Facebook is loading, I want you guys to know that every time I spin out while driving on snow, we just had a blizzard here in Colorado. Every time I drive, like drive, and I start to spin out in the back, starts the fishtail, I'll go da 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 da. It's because of the ride. It's 100 percent the ride. Okay, so here's my Facebook status. I can't believe I read this. Genuinely wasn't expecting to enjoy Palm Springs as much as I did. It gave me so many safety not guaranteed vibes, which is another really great movie. And so I wrote, Excellent movie. so by that logic, the writers are going to be given an insanely hot property and miss the landing. And what that's referencing to is that the guys who wrote safety not guaranteed are the ones who were handed the Jurassic property, which I think is hot garbage now. Um, Aggressively fine. Jurassic World is aggressively fine. Fallen Kingdom was like trying to eat the popcorn, just giving up and throwing it back in the bag. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. So, so uh, yeah. my joke was that the guys who wrote Palm Springs, I'm betting, are now going to be handed some insanely hot property. And then they're going to, you know, do the Jurassic World thing. But uh, Brendan commented, I can't wait to see their Book of Henry. Did you see Book of Henry? No, but I've watched plenty of movie analysis of it. It's a bunch of YouTube videos that I got a lot of joy out of breaking apart Book of Henry, which is unfair because I haven't seen it, but it was really entertaining. I love it. I love it. I should I should correct myself before. The, the Academy Awards that I had an issue with was 2012. And, yeah, 2012. Because that would have been... Your Moneyball right? came out. Moneyball was really oh, good. Moneyball was really good. Tree that was, of uh, Life. I saw that because that was the uh, the King speech, right? That was the King speech year? No, that was the artist one, which was good, but far from the best movie in that Would list. Would that have been the year before? King speech, I think. Maybe that was 2010 because I, I remember that being in the money, the montage because they used one of the best post-rock instrumental, instrumental bands ever for the montage. Um, this mm. uh, crap. This will destroy you. Right? This will, they will destroy you? Oh, my gosh. You're asking the wrong person. I'm so unprepared. <laughs> I be, Oh, I be, that was... Sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I, this will... Yes, this will destroy you. The song uh, from Moneyball is like the mighty real grand. You have heard the song. You just didn't know the title, people. It's an amazing, amazing piece of music. 11 minutes long. Uh, great <laughs> post-rock instrumental, which I will probably gush about another day, but I'm too busy checking to see if the writer of Palm Springs was handed some sort of hot property. Um, <laughs> He's going to direct the next Avengers movie. I uh, don't say anything. But no, it's got to be, enough, it's got to be a reboot. He'll once, um, I don't know. I don't know. He's going to do the, the, the reboot of your favorite movie. Mm. Next time on Cinema Gush. <laughs> we live went in a cliffhanger. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So Speaking of which, I watched a movie with my dad this weekend that is really good, man. Have you seen that movie that I'm going to gush about next season? You watched it with your dad? I did. It was great. It was great. Oh, I can't wait for you to see it. It's so uh, good. It's so damn good. You should watch it soon so we can record it because it's so good. I will. And I'll also watch Space Jam, A New Legacy, because it'll come out by the time Aww. that we have our next season. <laughs> Man, I think we lost the thread here and it has been great. We definitely did. Everybody, hey, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, we're going to take a little break, like I said. We're going to reach out to some more guests and get some more gushers on. Uh, so we will catch you all in the next one. 
And now that I'm about to end the show, I just remember the fact that, like, I worked really hard on the theme song and no one has said a word about it. Like, the song is Crush, people. It was a 90s smash hit. And I, and I cut it off. I took the karaoke version so that it's just cinema gush. And nobody said anything. So you know what? New theme song next season. All right. New theme song. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to be great. A hundred years cinema gush, hundred years, some, some things. All right. And on that note, I want to circle back to the beginning of the podcast. Um, <laughs> The beginning of the, the season. So one of the things I pitched to, to Nick on this is I think we should review, because the word gush always makes me think of gushers, I think we should review fruit snacks every episode. If that's something you want to see in season two, make him make him get on board with that, because I want to I buy fruit snacks every episode and talk about the, their esoteric qualities and their texture. and the. If I see even three then, comments about this, you got it. <laughs> three comments about fruit snacks. Guys, guys don't Facebook you want to hear our page, thoughts on fruit snacks? Like our Facebook page, and if I see three comments under this episode saying, I want to see reviews of fruit snacks, or, you know or what? snacks in general. Nick doesn't even yeah. have to be part about it. You know, I, I can even <laughs> just put in the show notes. This week, try Safeway brand Spider-Man fruit snacks. Coming to you in part by gelatinous blobs. Order yourself some Dunkaroos on eBay. Do the whole uh, Good Mythical Morning thing and buy snacks that are like 90 years old and consume them and see what happens. Okay. We'll oh, okay. We'll, we'll see. All, we'll see. All okay. Later. Okay. Okay. Should we Should we end on that? Season Season one. That's a wrap, everybody. Season one. I love you. <laughs> I knew someone would say I love you. Love you too, buddy. See you next season. See you next season.